It is 11.40 p.m. on Sunday, East Coast. WrestleMania is in the books. This is the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Corey Richmond, and joined, as always, by Jason Brooks. We have a guest here this week to talk about WrestleMania with us, one Jonathan Oliva, who you'll be hearing from momentarily. If you went into the show expecting the unexpected, if you were hoping that Seth Rollins won, you're, you're one happy person. Are you ex- if you're expecting The Rock to talk for 40 minutes as the sun went down, <laughs> you may not be as you, – you'll be happy too. Uh, we'll talk about that a lot more. Uh, Jason, right off the top, how would you rate out of 10 this WrestleMania? <clears throat> I mean, 8.59. I thought it was tremendous. I, and listen, uh, part of this is I've told you about my love for Rollins. I'm a uh, card – caring member of the Seth Rollins fan club and have been for a while. I followed this guy from FCW, watched his matches, um, and he has been tremendous for a long time. He's gotten better. Every couple of months he gets better. He gets better in the mic, gets better in the ring. He's, you know, probably the best performer in the WWE right now when you consider in-ring ability and talking on the mic. And I was jumping up and down like an eight-year-old kid when he won the title. I mean, I was going nuts. Uh, my girlfriend was right there saying, what is going on with this 35-year-old man that I'm dating? Why is he jumping up and down like a kid? I thought it was a great show. I thought there were very, there were no matches that were bad. They gave the women's match time, and that was an entertaining match. Every match was different. Every match kind of had a different little feel to it. There were no real squash matches. I mean, it was... You get individual matches, but Corey, it was a tremendous show. I, I don't know. I, I know you're usually much more negative on this stuff than I am, but what did you think of the show? Uh, fun factor, which I think is a very key element when you're talking about WrestleMania a lot of years. Fun factor, the show was a 9 or a 10. In ring, I think it was a pretty solid show also. I would give most likely just initial thoughts. Like I said, we're going at this 40 minutes after the event happened. I think this was most likely one of the better manias we've seen in a long time. Definitely better than last year's show. I don't know yes. if it was good as some of the show, you know, the show that had um, Undertaker versus Sean 2. You know, you have to look at card, the whole card. But, I mean, I think this is a really good show that was from top to bottom. I, I agree with you. I mean, I thought some of the stuff that happened in the Triple H versus Sting match was... A lot of filler for something that wasn't very good beginning. But I thought as an overall show, I thought it was well done. I mean, Undertaker looked old, which he is. No. Um, the ladder match was a spot fest, just like the tag team title match was on the pre-show. Maybe I would have liked to have seen, you know, Mizdow get the actual moment and win. But you know what? Big Show has done enough that this is most likely his legacy now, winning that Andre... You know, giant battle royal. So I think overall, it was a pretty solid show. If you if you're a fan of the new guys, you had one new guy that was over by the end of the night. It wasn't Roman Reigns. It was Seth Rollins. We want to see what the follow-up's going to be on Raw. So that's going to be interesting. Um, like I said, we're we're joined by a third member today on this uh, little panel for the Workshop Podcast. A guy who's been on this show as much, most likely anybody, Jonathan Olivo. Welcome to the show. Uh, initial thoughts on WrestleMania? I enjoyed it. I had a blast. I made money. It was wonderful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, 
for those who don't know, I'm a New York City teacher. I told my students that I thought Seth Rollins was going to win the uh, heavyweight title match. Um, and you know why I bring that up? A friend of mine told me, stop listening to uh, wrestling uh, rumors pages. Stop, you know, reading wrestling rumors pages. And I did, and I've enjoyed the product much more. And to be honest, since I haven't watched it, I just, I, I came into Mania expecting a certain product, and I got what I expected and more. I thought it was, I thought it was, fam, uh, you know, uh, fabulous what they did with the main event, what they did with every match. Um... Like I told Jay before I came in, I thought the worst match was the Taker Bray match. Um, I haven't followed the, the uh, rumors pages, so I I heard before the the mania that Bray was hurt, um, which I didn't even want to know. But um, you would never have known it the way Bray showed up as a brave soldier and uh, put on a great mat great match. That was the worst part of Mania, and I thought even that was entertaining. I, I think as Jay would agree with me. I think Mania was entertaining from top to bottom. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and Corey, maybe we could, should go over each match individually, but uh, well, the one thing I want to say, and listen, I know you're going to, you know, this is one thing, you know, and John, it's good you don't read the rumors page anymore. You just watch the product for what it is. We kind of have to as part of doing the show. But I'll say that reading the rumors pages didn't do anything to spoil this WrestleMania for me. I bet, I bet um, not, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I had an idea about Brian and Cena and them emphasizing those titles more. That was a rumor with Triple H that he was going to try to get more emphasis placed on those titles. Um, they were going to give the women's match time. So I knew some of those things, but I didn't know Rollins was going to cash in. I had no idea. I thought Brock was going to win for sure since he just resigned, so on and so forth. Um, so there were some things that I wasn't sh wasn't sure about and was somewhat surprised about. Um, but even not reading the rumors pages, you know, Brian was the biggest star in the ladder match, and eventually Rusev was going to lose, and they were building up to the Lana, Lana and Rusev um, issues. So it, it made sense that, that both of those things happened. Uh, but again, I think Triple H's influence on this on this product is is becoming somewhat evident. You know, we've heard that he wants to emphasize the IC title, that he wants to emphasize the U.S. title, that he wants more emphasis to be placed on women's wrestling. When's the last time there was a women's match that went this long on a on a WrestleMania card? I think it's been a long time. Um, you know, the U.S. title and the IC title were both featured. It's been a long time, I think, since both of those titles have been featured on the show. Um, Rollins winning the Money in the Bank and being the champion. Um, you know, it's it's just an interesting way to go. And, you know, I'm, I got to say, I'm excited for the direction of the, where the WWE is going. Now we're going to watch Raw tomorrow. We're going to have, a, you know, a couple of boring segments and some horrible matches and probably be negative on it again. But, um you know, as we sit here right now at 11:47 um, p.m. on Sunday, I'm 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 pretty excited about the product. But I, I like what you said, like what Triple H's direction. You know what? You had Ronda Rousey at one point had a really good segment with The Rock and the, and Triple H, which is kind of like you know, you know, I can see some fans who are overly critical being like, oh my God, really? But you know what? It's smart business too because of the sense, you know. Triple H is really taking the company in the direction it really needs to go, which is a certain sense of realism. And all of a sudden, you have Ronda Rousey in there, 
And you can't tell me that, that stadium wasn't captivated by her being in the ring with The Rock. We could all sit here as, like, you know, these fans who who are kind of, like, just we've been so saturated by the product that we, that, that we can make negative comments. You know what? They were eating it up. They really were. And yeah. and you you could either be swallowed up by, by what MMA is doing or you could just incorporate it. And WWE is doing what I think is something smart and is saying, you know what? We have Brock Lesnar. He was a main name who was potentially leaving for MMA. You know what? Incorporate every big name they have and, and, and make it part of your company and, and make it benefit you. And I think they're doing a good job of it. Yeah, I mean, that segment was long. Yeah, it, it was, was very long. Yeah, it was. But you know what? It was, but it was fun. You know Undertaker wasn't going to have a 40-minute match. The matches, I'll say this. The reason why I didn't mind the segment, because it didn't feel like any of the matches were really shortened because of the segment. Yes, they could have put the Andre the Giant Battle Royal in there. Um, but for the most part, most of the matches I thought were really well-paced, well-timed, and got enough time. So I didn't mind the fact that that segment went long. And the segment was, for the most part, funny. So I don't know. Wrestling, everything can't be, you know, great work rate and great matches. Sometimes it's just got to be fun. And I laughed, and it was a funny, entertaining segment. And I think you need that a little bit of WrestleMania. Mm. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to disagree that it wasn't f- that particular segment. I'm not going to say it wasn't fun. And like I said, fun factor for Mania, it's a 10. And you know what? And that's what some people just want. They want to just have a good time, which everyone should. But I don't know. I felt that segment did drag, and it was basically saying, these guys have to fill time until it gets dark enough on the West Coast for, you know, at least looks like it's nighttime for when The Undertaker comes out, you know? I mean, I thought that it was a good segment, but I just I felt it was just, it dragged a lot. And it kind of, at that point of the show... show? It, it, you know what? If I don't know if it hurt the show, but it felt like this was like that point on a Raw where you were starting to realize the show's four hours long. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's you could say that's a slight negative. It was a little long, but I enjoyed it. I didn't really have a big problem with it. I, I never had a point in the show where I thought the show dragged at all. Me neither. Me neither. Well, I think the, I show was, the show was very well paced. Um, I think that you started off hot. For the, we'll get to the pre-show in a second, but you started off hot with the ladder match. Everyone got some shine, and it re- it was you know, it was a thirteen-minute match. It's like a lot, you know. Was it a spot fest at times? Absolutely. Was the guy sitting the signature moves? Was the people taking dangerous bumps? Did it look like you know Dean Ambrose might need to be carted off by the end of that match? Sure, but it was a good way to start the show. Follow up, you know, Randy Orton. You kept on going higher and higher. And then you knew when to go and slow things down, which I which I really like. Um, were you a little bit surprised that we had so many title changes tonight, or was that something that you both were expecting? It's WrestleMania. I, yeah, I was expecting it because I was, you know, again, I, I thought that Brian and Cena would win. I didn't expect I didn't expect Seth Rollins to win, so. I'm watching this RKO by Orton again on Rollins. It was absurd. Um, no, I, I I expected Cena and um, Brian to win, and I thought Lesnar was going to win. So I was surprised by the Lesnar um, by him not winning. So I, I guess a little surprised, yeah. Well, let's let's start this off talking a little about the show from the top. 
first, we had a two-hour pre-show, which there was a lot of filler. Got people pumped up for what was going to happen. You know, watching, you know, Renee Young have her papers flying across, you know, with all the wind going on, which was kind of funny. Uh, Booker T, you know, trying to plug his book every 30 seconds. Corey Graves trying to at least be slightly professional as a heel. And then Byron Saxon just sitting there and uh, getting ready to sing show tunes halfway through the goddamn thing. I mean. Yeah, they should just have him do interviews. I, I mean, Malone, <laughs> I don't care about his opinions. He's good when he does the interviews, but that that's about it. Now, did you get a ch- did you get a chance to watch uh, the four way tag team match yet, or are you uh, you haven't seen that one yet? Because I know I was talking to you earlier on the phone when it was going on. Yeah, I did not. I did not get a chance to watch because by the time I started watching, it was already the battle royal and, and so on and so forth. So I'll let you talk about the tag team match. Hey, uh, tag team match. I thought it was a decent match. Nothing nothing out of this world. Uh, about went about I guess ten ten and a half minutes. Yeah, everybody get their spots in. They took out uh, the Usos pretty early in the match because of the injury. And we had, you know, uh, the Dungeon of Doom spot. You know, we had everybody doing a lot of high spots, which got got the fans into it. I think they went the right choice by having Cesaro and Kid keep the titles. Everyone looked okay. I mean, seeing, you know, Big E with dressed all in green was a little off, off-putting to me, but I mean... I guess you can't be in blue every week. Um, I, like I said, I think everyone in that match came off well. I mean, I don't know why the old Matador has got a, you know a, uh, a WrestleMania paycheck, but you know everybody, everybody, you know, did their best there. I think it was the right decision to keep the titles on uh, Cesaro and Kid. Uh, everyone got you know a little shine in that match. You had Naomi do a move at the end. You had. El Torito, you know, do his little thing. You had Natalia looking damn good uh, tonight. She went in, had the figure four on, I bet, on El Torito. Is that a sexual thing? Absolutely. Okay. From the uh, <laughs> from what she was we- from the underboob shots at uh, the Hall of Fame, <laughs> and to what she was wearing cleavage wise tonight. Jim Nightheart, thank God she looks like your wife, not you. Put that as nicely as possible. I, I want to make this clear. I enjoyed that tag team match. I did not enjoy it in any way near as much as uh, Corey <laughs> did. Evident as <laughs> to what he was just explaining. Hey, it was, it was a nice night. Um, so like I said, we everybody worked hard. And all those guys in that match basically, I believe, worked double duty tonight. They they were all in the, uh, the Andre the Giant uh, match for the uh, Battle Royal. Uh, it was, you know, typical Battle Royal. Uh, Hideo Itami got his, his his one spot in. Uh, he got his one elimination. I personally think if the way that you were going to have him in that match just get eliminated by the big show the way he did, I felt it was kind of wasted. They did that on purpose. They know that there are a lot of fans out there who know exactly who he is. They, If you notice where he got eliminated, it was right in the center of the ring by big show. Uh, with the knockout punch, they knew, you know, every once in a while, WWE likes to stick their middle figures to the fans, and they know that everybody knows who he is, and that was that elimination was done not by accident where it was. Now, besides the actual match, two things I want to get your guys' opinion on. Did you like the payoff of Mizdow eliminating Miz, and did you think that they should have at least had Curtis Axel in that match for more than 30 seconds with his... I mean, it fit the character where they all team up on him, and he, yes. they got rid of him. But do you yeah. feel like, you know, they should have done a little bit more with either one of those guys? You, you were, you well, were, well, Axel's a comedy character. 
So, so he can do the, hey, it took 15 guys to eliminate one guy. And he could still say he was never eliminated from the Royal Rumble. So I thought the actual thing was okay. I would have liked to have seen him stay in a little bit longer. Um, I did like how they did the Miz Dow, Sandow thing in the Miz. I enjoyed that part. The Big Show winning, I mean, whatever. I mean, the obviously, we don't know whether this Andre the Giant Battle Royal really helps anyone or puts anyone over or whether it's just kind of a thing. I mean, we, we don't know if this is the base of the European title or whether it's king of the ring and really catapults somebody. So he's a giant. They gave him the win. Hopefully this means he'll be gone sooner. <laughs> he'll retire sooner. I don't know. Um, but I, I did enjoy the Sandow miss thing for sure. And they'll probably have some, some match at Extreme Rules, I would imagine. Uh, do you think Sandow should have won the match, or do you think that was he got his moment and that's good enough for this year? I thought it was fine, just because we don't know if this battle royal makes anybody. So he got his moment with the Miz. He was one of the last two guys in the match, which I think was pretty good, and he almost eliminated the Giant. So um, I thought Miz, I thought Miz Dow still got some shine off the match. And that match went a little bit more than eighteen minutes, so it got plenty of time and. That's what you do with the pre-show. You have two matches that combine for 28 minutes worth of time. You give these, you give the people in the stands something to do while you know they're waiting for the main show to start. So, as a pre-show, I think it went fine. You know, I didn't watch the Ask Lita segment, so I don't know if there was any dumb questions. But who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> who cares? Uh, so, getting into the main show, we had the ladder match. Went uh, 13 and a little more than 13 minutes. Uh, anybody really stand out in that match to you more than you think any stars are born? Or do you, how do you feel in regards to the ladder match? What do you think of it? Um, seeing as how I lost money on uh, betting on Dean Ambrose, I'm, I'm a little sorry the fact that Dean Ambrose didn't have more of a uh, impact on the match. I, I am more of a Dolph Ziggler kind of guy, and uh, I was a Disappointed the fact that he didn't win the match either, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought everybody got uh, even play in that match. I thought everybody got all the spotlight they deserved in that match. Um, I'm not disappointed at all. Um, I <laughs> I wish Kofi was in that match. I mean, I think Kofi always makes Kofi. If I could have Kofi and uh, every other spot guy in that match, whoever made a lot of match great. Uh, I'm not gonna complain. I thought it was a great ladder match. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was fun to watch. Um, I have no complaints about the way it ended. Uh, Jason? Yeah, I'm, yeah. it didn't seem like it was too long. I don't no. know how long it was. You 13, may have that 13 time. minutes and change. We actually timed that while we were watching it. It was only 13 minutes. Yeah, it was kind of 13, short. Yeah, it seemed like it definitely wasn't long, um, but it was good. It was a good match. Um, I'm glad they didn't have Brian do a bunch of crazy spots, and I did note that on Twitter, at work, shoot pod. Because I didn't want him to do these crazy spots with his neck. So um, I'm glad they didn't have him do anything crazy. There were some fun segments. The superplex off the ladder with Barrett and uh, Stardust was awesome. Um, Stardust was really good in the match, as Cody's good at basically everything in his matches. Um, it was a good, fun match. Wasn't anything too crazy. Weren't a lot of big spots with guys taking a lot of big chances which I'm okay with because, you know what, these guys need to preserve their bodies. So I'm all right with it. Um, but it was a good, entertaining match, and I think the right guy won. 
you also, um, before we move on, do you think Daniel Bryan should have won? Besides money involved, do you think Daniel Bryan was the right choice? Or do you think they should have went in another creative direction for this match? Imagine the way they built it with him repeating constantly that it was only title that he didn't, that he hasn't won. I guess it was satisfactory. And, and let's face it, you have to satisfy, satisfy a fan base who wants to see Daniel Bryan do well. I'm fine with him winning. And I, 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 enjoyed the, I enjoyed the way that worked out with or without winning money, which I did. I wound up losing the rest of later on in the night and other dumb bets. But um, <laughs> to me. Well, I'm a degenerate gamble, what can I say? Uh, but I thought it was a really fun match. I think it was a good opener for people who just bought, who didn't watch the, uh, the, pre, uh, the pre-show. I think it got the fans into it. One thing, though, that you do notice, and we're going to say, I, we say this every year, you're going to have these open-air stadiums, you're not going to hear the great reaction sometimes from the fans. Yeah. yeah. As you know, I thought the fans were really good. I thought the fans were really good, though. Um, like, they had some really good chants. Um, they were really into it. They weren't real negative with guys. Uh, you know, sometimes the fans can be, like, too negative and stupid. Um, I thought the fans were really, really good. San Francisco is one of the, my favorite places that I've ever been at. The people there are awesome. But I agree with you. The open-air stuff is a little bit of an issue. And the next year, I guess they could close it in Dallas, right? But So I don't know how that's going to work next year. But, um, yeah, I, I thought the fans still were, even though – there were some issues, obviously, because it's open door. I still thought you heard the fans, and I thought they were loud, and I thought they did a really, really good job. I don't, I don't think the uh, the uh, volume of the fans is, is as big of an issue as the sunlight. Like to be honest with you, some of the uh, some of the uh, performers looked like they were squinting in their matches, trying to you know fit into character. And honestly, Sting, you know, take any kind of like dark settings to really make their characters have full effect. And, I mean, Sting kind of came out early for you to have that full, like, dark effect, and it just wasn't there because there was so much sunlight out. And I don't know if that, you know, needs to play a factor in, in future WrestleManias, but it, 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 it was a factor for us watching the show, I think. you get the same uh, point on that, uh, Jay, in regards to... Day, being daylight, so, you know, West Coast three hours earlier. Do you think yeah, I mean, I knew that would be an issue. Yeah, I knew that would be an issue. With the entrances, it definitely was. You know, the Bray Wyatt entrance, I mean, it absolutely was a factor. The Undertaker entrance, it absolutely was a factor. And people did note that, that it didn't seem like the same entrance with the Undertaker because of that. So, no, I, I think the, the sunlight definitely had an effect. Um, I agree with that, probably more so than... Um, the fans, because I thought the fans, for the most part, were still loud enough and still did a really good job. Now, before we move on to match number two, do you have a better feel for uh, how you think the IC titles would be treated now that Daniel Bryan's champion? Or do you still think it's going to be secondary titles and we're still going to have little problems with when it comes to booking your secondary champions? Well, it's interesting, right? Because I thought Brock was going to keep the title. So then he wouldn't be there. So then you've got to highlight the guys who have championships. So now that Rollins has won it, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Um, I, before this, I would have suspected you have, the, you know, tied their two top baby faces in Daniel Bryan and Cena with those two titles. You would think that they would emphasize both titles, but I don't really know where I see it going now. I would suspect that those titles would be higher up on the card. 
because the guys who hold them are higher up on the card. So I think both of those titles will be more relevant because of the people who hold them. I'm, I'm glad Corey brought the question up because you and I had uh, an uh, off-the-air kind of argument at, uh, a couple of weeks ago about the IC title. And I said, I thought that at WrestleMania they were going to try to solidify the IC title a little bit more. And if you notice, aside from the match itself, they had an off the, uh, well, uh, not at, uh, you know, during the match segment where they had Roddy Piper, uh, Bret Hart, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steve Mode. They had all these guys who were, who were synonymous with the IC title kind of come on the backstage uh, scene once Daniel Bryan won. Just kind of again solidify what the IC title picture means for WWE. And I told you I thought that that WWE was going to do right by the IC title. I think they kind of are starting going. You know, they're going down the right path as far as trying to make it something to pay attention to. And what do you think about that? To, to me, there's no reason why why not. It'll help the product if they make the IC title mean more. It'll help the product. So to me, it doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't do this. But I think they are. That's what, you know, we were having the argument off the air. I, I thought they were going to be doing it. I thought that they were, there was going to be a movement towards trying to make that more of a prominent part of the product. And I, and I think you and I both hope the same thing. It's not a temporary thing. I hope that it's going to be something that Daniel Bryan can, be, because of his name and his following, we, I think we're both hoping that, that he's going to take the IC title and make it something that we know it should be, you know? I can see that. Um, do you think Do you think that Daniel Bryan winning the IC title, which, because it is a WWE product, do you think that this goes and lessens the heat that the fans are going to have in regards to other wrestlers chanting Bryan's name in, when they're in bigger matches now that he has... A piece of the you know a piece of the pie that's his, do you, or do you think that the fans are still going to rain their terror every chance they get, you know, sabotage the show and be chanting Daniel Bryant when other people are in matches? I think the only only person they really do that with is Roman Reigns. <laughs> um, I mean, really. And now that Rollins has the title, I don't know that we'll be kind of seeing that same thing, or or I hope we won't. I was a little pissed a couple weeks ago when they had Rollins and Reigns and they were in a promo. And they were chanting for CM Punk. It's like, you idiots. They're actually trying to put over new guys. Stop. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I, I would hope that they don't continue to do that. And I think with Rollins having the title, I think that really changes things up. And I, I think a lot of, you know, quote-unquote internet fans uh, or adult males like Rollins. So I think whether Brian won the title or not, I think that'll help. But I really think Rollins winning will be is the key kind of to this, the the really fervor against Reigns dying down. Now, match number two on the card, everyone's favorite, Captain Boring, Randy Orton, defeated Seth Rollins, which when it happened, the antennas for some people went up, at least for one of the people in this room, that we might be seeing uh, maybe a cash in at the end of the night. With Randy Orton winning, do you think we go to Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins at Extreme Rules for the title because he's the last guy to beat him, or... What do you think the – well, first, what did you guys think of the match, which went 13:45, and where do you see these two guys going now, especially Randy Orton? It was one of my favorite matches of the night for sure. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the RKO. I mean, that the RKO was absurd. 
And uh, yeah, the guys did a nice job in their match. It was a really well laid out, well paced match. Um, there were good spots. You know, we could talk about Orton being uh, hashtag Captain Boring, but he can go in the ring. And I mean, him and Rollins are probably two of the top five guys, maybe top ten guys that they have going uh, as far as any ring work. So yeah, they wrestled a good match, and I enjoyed it very much. Well, before WrestleMania, I came into the room saying that I. Exactly what I thought was going to happen actually happened. I thought that uh, Randy Orton was going to beat Seth Rollins, and I thought Seth Rollins was going to cash in and win the uh, title, and that's exactly what happened. But and, and I'm not reading rumors pages, so there you go. But um, I know that he's known as uh, hashtag Captain Boring. I think the last couple of weeks since he's come back, he's been anything but, if you ask me. I, I think every time he's come out, he's been entertaining and... Um, Nothing but, and I think tonight was no exception. I thought Randy Orton was exceptional. I thought the match was a little slow at first. It's a Randy Orton pace, and I think that because we've seen this match before, this wasn't a fresh match, I think it most likely they had to start a little bit slower, but I think it built up nicely as it went on. You had that incredible RKO spot to basically end the match. I think it was another, it was a good number two match. I think they were really doing well. You have the IC title match. You have this, you know, quote-unquote blood feud. And, it, it, you know, leading up to our next match. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you think this puts Orton right in the title picture? Or do you think they go a different direction in regards to Randy Orton? Now? I think it it's interesting because when I first thought that this is what they were going to do, which is what it was, I thought it was going to put basically Brock Lesnar up against the authority which I think is impossible for you to ignore. Um, I know that Orton has to be in the picture somehow because he's directly involved with uh, Seth Rollins, but if you think that... I mean, I, the whole point of this whole angle, in my mind, when they were going to do it, which is what they did, was to pit Heyman and Brock up against the authority, which will, I mean, to me, makes for a very interesting TV, and I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, John, I think you're right. I mean, they have been, you know, the last couple of weeks with Heyman and the microphone and how they keep cutting the microphone off, how they're, you know, they're kind of building Brock as a little bit of a baby face. The fans are naturally cheering for him, and that's always the best time to turn a guy baby, baby face is when the fans actually want to see him um, turn. Um, Rollins is the authority. And again, you saw Triple H have that promo with The Rock and, and, and all that. It said the authority always wins. And they did. So I'm sure you're going to see all of them come out. Um, I'm sure we'll see Kane and the Big Show. They'll all come out. Big Show won the, Mo the Battle Royal. Rollins won the, uh, the title. And they'll say the and Triple H won. They'll come out and say the authority always wins. Um, I think the Brock-Rollins feud could be phenomenal. I think it could be potentially a feud of the year. Because you have Heyman who can talk. Rollins is much better in the mic. I think the styles with Rollins and Lesnar as far as in-ring style could be really, really fascinating. So, yeah, I'd love for them to go to that way. The question is, and I'll ask you, you guys this, what do you do with Reigns? I think it's time to go and let him, let him move back a little bit in the card for a little while. Have him possibly feud. Maybe you can do a feud with Bray Wyatt, two guys coming off a loss, two guys who you know, most likely need to do something fresh. I mean, I, I think Bray, I, th I think that Rollin, uh, Roman Reigns is in an interesting spot. I think this is the best thing to happen to him. 
he lost, but he went and showed the heart of a guy who was going to never give up. So I think he doesn't look bad. And I think you go, I think you, you keep him in the title picture, but I think you can do a story that he's got to earn his way back up a little bit, you know? Uh, tri- trip Our next match, which they've been doing lately in these WrestleManias, is basically you have a main event like every hour, at the top of every hour. You had Triple H versus Sting, 18 minutes long. There was a lot of stuff that was going on <laughs> in this match. Uh, we can start out with, you know, I don't know when Sting became, you know, Asian. With, uh, you know, I didn't know if he was a ninja. I'm not sure what this, what the group was doing. That was, uh, I mean, it was kind of cool in its own way. Mostly it would have been better if it was nighttime, which we're going to say maybe a couple times with these, these intros. But I thought that was weird. I thought the Triple H intro was pretty uh, badass. I still think, you know, at times with him having to come in every time with these special things, some are hit, some are miss. Term- if, you know, they want to, Terminator wants to give money to them to go do something. More power to him. I thought that NWO, DX, like I said, for fun factor, it was awesome. As a match itself, it was pretty terrible. But, but Corey, you had a 55-year-old and a 45-year-old going at it. Yeah. I mean, what did we expect? Uh, you know, yeah. Flair against Steamboat in the 80s? I mean, this wasn't going to be a work-rate match. It was going to be a fun match. Where, first of all, I did think the funny part was when DX came out and then Cole says, it's a no DQ match. I had no fucking idea it was a no DQ match until these motherfuckers came out. But apparently it's a no DQ match. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought it was nostalgia. I thought it was fun. I thought that um, there were some good spots. There were some good segments. Um, I, as far as Triple H winning, I think that is the most interesting part of this. But the match itself I thought was fun. Again, not every match is going to be Flair and Steamboat, you know? Sometimes matches are going to be what they're going to be. And I like how the match went, actually. Um, I don't know if the right guy won, but I, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the old guys coming out and Hall taking a bump and Nash's old ass taking a bump, Hogan taking a bump. So, I mean, it was a fun match in terms of that. X-Pac could have really been in either side, DX or the NWO side. So um, it was a very fun match and an entertaining match. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't know if the right guy won, though. That's another story. Actually, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm almost kind of happy that, uh, that it played out the way it played out. Um, I, I pointed out, if you watch Mania closely, again, if you watch the replay, um, when, they, when Triple H and Sting give each other a handshake at the end, you see, if, you, if you watch the mouths... You actually see Sting tell Triple H that was awesome. And I don't know that they're trying to hide that from the fans. I think that, you know, that whole match, the way it played out with DX versus NWO versus, you know, WCW versus WWE, that was that, that really was for the fans. And, and I think they know that no fan who's smart enough to, to care should have been paying attention to the technical aspect of that match. It was all about, you know... The nostalgia of that match. And if you were caring about the catches catch can of that match, you're an idiot. You know, you, you should have been you should have been marking out at the fact that at some point there was DX versus NWO. Like oh, which you did so not expect. Good. None of us expected to in that match we were gonna get DX versus NWO and we got that. And that was awesome. The question I had for you guys is 
I enjoyed the match, and John, you enjoyed it, uh, and Corey, uh, who knows with you. The question for you guys is, did you, did you think the right guy won? You know what? Um, to be honest with you, in a way, kind of, sort of, yeah, I'll tell you why. Um, everyone in the room came into that match thinking Sting was going to win the match. And I think Corey walked in with a certain swagger, expecting that he was going to win. I think, didn't you make a bet? Or you tried to make a bet that uh, Sting was going to win. You know, I, I don't know that there was a the right guy to win that match. I think WWE would have spun it in a way that no matter who won, Sting or Triple H, that it would have come off the right way. And as the build-up wore on, you felt like, you know, WWE almost owed WCW to say, you know what? We're gonna give you this because we, we we put you out of business, so the so your your flagship bearer is gonna win the match, and it didn't happen. And I don't know if Sting was happy with the money that they paid him. I don't know. If, I don't know if there was a right guy to win the match. I mean, I guess maybe if you have morals, maybe Sting should have won. I think they did a pretty good job with the way it ended. That's just me. Uh, you know what? If you watch any WWE documentary or anything in history. The people who win the war write the history. That's it. And until the day the WWE goes out of business, WWE wins the war. I, I'll tell you this much. Uh, did you see Sting's mouth after the match when they shook hands? The, if you watch Sting's lips, if anyone who has who pays $9.99 for the WWE Network and you replay it, Sting's mouth actually says Triple H as they shake hands. That was awesome. That's exactly what Sting's mouth says. I, you know, the right guy. I don't think I don't. I don't think Sting cares. I mean, he's fifty-five. He's said uh, multiple occasions that this might be his last match ever. You think so? I don't think you, he you really, don't. You, you don't. You I mean, don't. that's that's what he's. I mean, that's in interviews. That's what he said. He's do you, like, I don't know. Do you think how he many faces? Do you, do you think he faces taken next year? Uh, I, I think that could be a really rough match to watch. Uh, so I, I agree I, with you. <laughs> I agree with I mean, you. They're, they're, they'll, they'll be a combined 105 at that point. <laughs> I mean, wow. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's something I'm going to want to see, but uh, I don't know. He's saying he may not have that many matches in him, which makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I guess we'll see. Part of me feels like Sting should have won, but part of me also feels like it makes sense if Triple H won. Who's out there in Raw every week? Who's out there, you know, saying the authority always wins? Um, kind of keeping that heat on the heel, I think, helps. And I could absolutely, people talk about Brock and The Rock. I could see some kind of Triple H and Stephanie against Ronda Rousey and The Rock at next year's WrestleMania. I could, I could see them doing something like that, possibly. And, you know, by having Triple H beat Sting, it can help kind of set that up. So... You know, when I first saw it happen, I wasn't crazy about it. But the more I think about it, the more it's like Sting's gone. Like, if he won, he'd be gone. So who is it really going to help? It will help Triple H, and it'll help keep him a strong heel for when he ever does enter the ring or when he's cutting promos against guys. So he probably was the right guy to win, really. I'll tell you this much. As it played out, with both factions, with who we all know, there were guys or friends of Triple H on both sides, Paul Nash on the NWO side, and you had the X side. As a fan, didn't you think it played out awesome? 
Yeah, I mean that. I mean the 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 guys coming in and the NWO coming in and DX coming in. That part was fantastic. Yeah. I mean they. It was a very fun, well laid out match for sure. Yeah. I I agree with that. But here's one thing, and we may get more to this when we get to the, the Rock segment. But don't you think it kind of told two different stories in one night? You have the handshake at the end of the match, which makes you kind of think the idea that this did something Triple H. He might be turning, you know, the respect factor. And later on the night, we go right back to old Triple H with him having his verbal spat with the uh, with the Rock. Or maybe you guys think, of, of course, overanalyzing this, but I thought the trip. I thought that was a way. The way that match ended was a way for Triple H to maybe not turn face. But it was showing that, you know, it was a sign of respect and, you know, maybe he, maybe Sting, you know, actually got to him, you know? But then you go and do the under, you do the rock thing and it just like, you're back to heel uh, Triple H. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was strange. But, um, you know, I guess in, in this case, it's a little different. Um, it's a respect thing. It's a, this guy's wrestled the first time at WrestleMania after all these years of being in the spotlight at a other companies. And Triple H shook his hand and had some respect for him, and they wrestled a fun match. Um, and so maybe that's kind of what it was. Um, it was interesting, though, that he did shake his hand, and then, at the, then you know, uh, 30 minutes later, he's saying he hates the fans again. But, um, you know, a little bit of, but maybe just kind of that was overanalyzing. I don't know. But I agree with you, it was a little strange. Uh, then we had our musical break, which was AKA Go to the Bathroom. Then we had uh, the tag team uh, Divas match, the Bellas versus AJ and uh, Paige, which went approximately six and a six and a half minutes, a little, little under seven minutes. Nothing bad in the match. I didn't think it was anything special. I thought it was there. You know, I think it may have, some of his time might have got cut because you had to have the Rock segment and, you know, you had 18 minutes before that with the... Uh, the Sting versus Triple H match, but any thoughts on the women's match, or did that turn into a bathroom break for for you as it did for most likely a lot of people? I mean, I thought it was a good match. I, I thought the women did a good job. I thought the fans were into it. I think I, I think we I think we got to stop referring to the women's matches as a bathroom break. I think that's half the problem too. If we don't take it seriously, it's not going to be taken seriously. Um, I, I thought they did a good job. Um, I thought it was a fun match, and um, I thought the girls worked hard. You have any comments on the women's match, or uh... it was solid, but it. And you know what? I, I thought it was good for what it was. Then we had uh, the Hall of Fame. Everybody came out. Nothing too crazy there. Everybody got a decent response. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, when we speak next later on this week, we'll try to get maybe a little to the more of the Hall of Fame. One key note from the Hall of Fame, I would say everybody should go out there and watch the Medusa speech. The rest of it was nothing special, you know, some good moments, but we'll talk more about that uh, on our next episode. Next we had, which I was a little surprised, we went to a U.S. title match, Rusev versus John Cena. Uh, I thought it was a good match. I think their match at Fastlane was a better match. Uh, Lana's back. She looks like we're going to start to get some sort of dissension there even more. Uh, Jay, what'd you think? Did you did you think this mismatch was better or fast lane? About the same? I think about, man, Rusev has gotten a lot better. He was, I thought it was a 
tremendous match. I really, really enjoyed it. Cena with a off the second rope stunner. Where where'd that come from? Um, I really think they have those guys have very good chemistry in the ring. And I said this on Twitter at Word Shoot Pod. Um, the feud started off stupid with the backstage segment, but I really think it's turned into one of Cena's best feuds in a long time. Uh, much better than Bray Wyatt stuff last year. I think this has really, really been a good feud for him. I think it's elevated Rusev. Um, they teased the, the dissension with Lana, obviously, you know, the last couple of weeks. And Lana was kind of turned into a baby face anyway. Now they had her get hurt, basically she cost him the title, so we're seeing what's going to happen there. I don't know what you do with Lana. I mean, she's supposed to be a Russian broad who supports Rusev, so I, I, I don't know what who she's going to support now. So that'll be interesting to see where they go with her. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was, it was one of my favorite matches um, of the night, actually. So here's where I'm at with that. First of all, I, I'm, as a couple of our friends are, I think they're going, uh, they're synchronizing that feud with the uh, Rocky Four kind of uh, theme, <laughs> which I think is kind of cool. Um, I think she's hopefully eventually going to be a valet for Cena. That would be my hope. As someone who uh, doesn't follow rumors pages, I would think that would be totally awesome. But I'll tell you what, I was supremely satisfied with that match. I'm, I'm kind of growing to become a Cena fan. I, I hate to admit that, but as I don't follow rumors pages anymore, I appreciate what Cena does for the company. I think uh, this was a great match for both guys. Um, I look forward to uh, seeing him have Lana as his valet soon. Well, the, besides finding out that uh, John doesn't follow rumor pages, yeah. which I believe will be the new sponsor of this show, John doesn't follow rumor pages. Yep. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a good match. Like I said, I said the fast lane match was better. Honestly, I don't. One thing I'm not sure about: did the right guy win this match? I know Cena is your superhero. Cena is going to win at Mania. I know he's lost quite a few matches at Mania, so he does. Just like Triple H, like we mentioned last week, he'll do the job when it's the right person to do the job for. But I don't know. Like I said, I thought it was a good match. I'm glad they did a lot with the time that they that they were given. But I really think Rusev should have kept, even if it was by DQ again, I think Rusev, the streak of him being undefeated as a monster heel should have, should have continued. What was your guys' opinion on that? Uh, I, I don't think they know what to do with Cena anymore. To be honest with you, what do you do with Cena? I mean, he goes in front of the fans. Half of the fans hate him. Half of the fans cheer for him. They really, if they had a choice, they, they'd be, he'd be WWE's Hogan right now. That's what they would want him to be, the Hogan of this generation. But the fans aren't buying him as that. So this, I mean, it, it, there's something very telling about the fact that he has to be the U.S. the U.S. champ, and he is, and the fans don't care. I mean, I, I don't think they know what to do with him right now. I mean, who yeah, who, I, I, who should win this match right now? Yeah, I think it would have been nice to see Rusev win, but I, I'll say this. Unlike last year with the Cena Bray Wyatt thing, I don't think at any point they made Bray really look strong. And we talked about that a lot. I feel like Rusev has been made to look strong in this feud. And they even made him lose by a fluke, basically, because the valet got hit and he got distracted. So they've continued to make him look strong whilst putting over Cena for the title. 
So I would have preferred Rusev to win, but I get it, and it doesn't really bother me that that Cena won. But but Jay, um, but Jay, let me ask you this: I mean, you, we we've seen Cena lose to Miz at WrestleMania. We've seen Cena lose like so many guys at WrestleMania in big moments. Do you think WWE knows what to do with Cena right now? I mean, that's kind of a big problem that I don't think most people are talking about. They, that's like their main go-to guy. He's their Hogan right now. He's their their main star. I don't think they know what to do with the guy right now. I, and, yeah, he won tonight, and he probably should have won the way they built this particular feud to go. But past his feud, do they know what where Cena belongs according to what the fans' expectations are? I think they've given up on that. I think the whole, the fans want him to be a heel and all that, that's gone. I mean, he sells more merchandise than anyone still. Um, he gets cheered at house shows for the most part. Um, most of this stuff is TV and pay-per-view related, so he, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that, but he wasn't the main event of WrestleMania this year. He wasn't. Uh, That's okay. And but do I you, mean, but do you think that he doesn't have to be? He doesn't. He doesn't have to be the main event every year. I mean, right? That's the point. They need to build new stars. Cena's thirty-eight years old. At some point, they got to put someone else up there. Uh, who could be a main event guy who is under the age of 30 or 35, and that's what they're trying to do. So I don't think Cena taking a quote-unquote backstage is a bad thing. I really don't. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for the product. I think it's a good thing for Cena. This guy has beaten his body up for years and years and years, and it'll be really nice that he'll have actually not have to be the main guy on the roster. Well, I, I would I would agree with you, except for the fact that the next best thing that we have to a real champ is what we call hashtag Captain Warren, which is uh, Randy Orton. You know, and, and, and I mean, you go past that, what's the next level of pedigree that WWE has? I mean, I don't really. Well, think, I mean, the whole. Thing, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that they know what to do with Cena. I mean, he's such a huge name. He's so polarizing. They mention that on Raw every week. He's he's this polarizing character. He's this guy that that that, that draws so much attention. I don't know that they know what to do with him at this point. I, but I, to me, they do the same thing that they've done with him. Just continue what they've been doing. Um, continue to have him be a babyface. Continue to have the fans cheer for him. Put him against, I mean, this is probably his best feud since CM Punk. I mean, it, this is his best feud in a long time. So we say that they don't know what to do with him, but they're finding new things to do with him. He's still wrestling good matches. He now has the U.S. title. I'm sure they'll, they'll continue the Rusev thing for a little bit longer, and then they'll give him another heel to go against, you know, a Barrett, a, a somebody, you know. Um, they have to find another heel to put him against, but... I'm sure they'll figure it out. and But it's okay that he's not the top of the card. Um, it's okay that he's not the main guy. I think it's a good thing for him and, and for the product as a whole. Uh, before we move on to our next match, how long do you think Cena realistically holds on to this title? Does Cena go and lose the title right back to Rusev as Extreme Rules? Or do you think we're going to see a, a long title reign of John Cena, not world champion, but U.S. champion? Very I mean, I think I think if things go how we're hearing they're going, I think Cena's gonna have the title for a while. I could see Cena having the title for a little while. Um, there's no reason for him not to have it. 
for the foreseeable future. And don't forget, John does not read rumor pages anymore, so he has no idea what may or may not happen. Uh, and that's kind of the reason why I'm asking the question I'm asking, because back in the day, if you, you look at Hulk Hogan, when does Hulk Hogan take a, a, a minor title, you know? So this is your guy who's supposed to carry the flagship for the But, company. John, at this point, Hogan was gone. At this point, Hogan was gone. He wasn't, he wasn't there this long. No, Even no, no. WCW but, but, my, but my question but, is, my question is, if you were going to, here's my question. Who is the standard bearer character for this company right now? Who is who is who is the the MVP of the company? Who is the guy? Brock who, I mean, well, the, the MVP is Seth Rollins. He's the best guy in the company. Well, right I, I would agree. I, I would agree with what WWE wants you to hear. He is the future of the company, and I, I would agree with that. But aside from that that title, who is? I mean, do you really think Seth Rollins is is the man because he has the title? I mean, who is the guy who is? The Hulk Hogan of this generation. Who is it? And then if it's Cena, John Cena. Okay, but, but John Cena. That's a very different role than what we're used to having the 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 flagship character taking, where we where he's the UF champ. All right. So I, I, we're going to go to when. So Cena, what Hogan wasn't around as long as Cena has been in the WWE. He left and went to WCW. But after he left, we saw kind of a shift from. These kind of big, muscle-bound guys, kind of smaller guys like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. What are we seeing now with Cena? He's taking a little bit of a back seat. And what are we seeing? Guys like Rounds being featured. Guys like Reigns being featured. If this is what happens with the company, you're right. Their headline guy right now, they don't. Maybe they don't have him, other than maybe Brock Lesnar. But the idea is that they're building this guy. Um, and I think that's what they. That's why they had Rounds win the title. Is because they know they need to build new guys. Um, and so I think that's what they're looking to do. Uh, we'll continue this discussion more on our next next show. But next up, with the lights, with still being daytime and a lot of sunlight, we had The Rock come out to go and fill, you know, 20 minutes of the beginning of an episode of Raw with uh, Stephanie being the best version of a heel as she can be. Triple H. By the way, she looked really good today. Yeah. Oh, she looked... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Do you, what do you think the response or how things would have played out if the fans in San Francisco were not chanting for Ronda Rousey as that segment was going on? Could you imagine if the crowd there didn't care who Ronda Rousey you know, was? That was one of those things that everybody, lucky. Everybody cares who Ronda Rousey is, Corey. I'm not saying no, but She's I'm just saying one you know you biggest athletes in the world now. I'm just never mind. What do you think of the segment? No, 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 no. But you're. I mean, I know that you're MMA. Ronda Rousey is transcending MMA. She's the biggest MMA fighter in the world. Maybe not in terms of the best or whatever, but she is the most famous MMA fighter in the world, most likely. If you ask the average person walking in the streets who Ronda Rousey is, they're going to know. If you ask the average person who, whatever, I don't even, whatever UFC guy's a champion, they're not going to, they're probably not going to know. So everybody is going to know who she is because she's transcending the sport. She's and, in movies now. And I mean, more, it's not more, a, you know. more important than that, I mean, Vince McMahon is, is doing what he does always. 
he's realizing that his fan base is pushing into MMA and he's incorporating that into his own product, which, you know, we all know this man is a genius. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I I don't know about all that. I, I think it's really more that Ronald, Ronda Rousey's famous. So that's why he's, I mean, I, I think he's weird about the MMA stuff. But Ronda Rousey's famous. I, I think that's why. As far as the segment goes, I think the segment was good. I think it was funny. I think it was probably a little too long, but I thought it was entertaining. And um, I think it could lead to some type of, you know, Stephanie McMahon, Ronda Rousey, WrestleMania next year. I don't know if that would be allowed under Ronda Rousey's UFC contract, but um, I would not be surprised if they try to get something done for next year's WrestleMania. All right. Um, next up, we had the return of The Undertaker coming off his first loss last year to Brock Lesnar. Bray Wyatt, as we were told by John, who does not look at rumor pages, that he was coming <laughs> into the match with an injury. <laughs> J- she pissed me off, man. I'm telling you, I don't, uh, I don't read Ruben's pages, and I came into that as knowing this. But go ahead, tell the world. <laughs> so, Undertaker gets back on the winning ways in 15 minutes and change. Uh, and just let everybody know, all times are coming from ProWrestling.net. That's where we're getting these times from. Uh, the great work Jason Powell and his people do there. Um, but what did you think of the return of The Undertaker? Did you think he looked old and nothing special? Or do you think he was still the old-time Undertaker and, you know, was glad to see him again? I mean, what was your thoughts on The Undertaker? Well, he hasn't been the old-time Undertaker in a while. I mean, his body's pretty beat up. I mean, his dye job was terrible, too. My own. Jesus, just go gray or whatever. He looked, his dye job was terrible. But, no, um, I thought he looked okay. Um, he looked old. But I thought he did okay. Um, last year, obviously, he was concussed throughout the match with Brock, and that was a big factor. Um, I thought he did a good job. I thought it was an entertaining match. Um, it wasn't one of his best matches. He's obviously slowing down. I really do not want to see him against a 55-year-old Sting next year. I think it would be a really, really, potentially really bad match. But, um, yeah, it was a solid match. Um, I don't know that I would have rather not seen Bray win, but I guess if they're going to have to undertake a Russell one more match, it doesn't make sense for him to lose this time as well. Now, John, as most people who know you when you've been on the show, you are an Undertaker fan. Coming in, I know you said when we were talking downstairs or watching the show that part of you wanted Bray to win because you like him also. What do you think of The Undertaker, how he looked and everything, you know, the whole packaging-wise? Were you satisfied as an Undertaker fan with his performance? What's your thoughts? I'll tell you what. Um, if you look really closely, I think that um, any spot where he looked old, I think it was purposely planned for him to look, you know, old or, or old and beat up. Um, I think in the past, he, he, he has been able to carry himself in the match. I think in this match where he looked old, it was more for him to, like, look old and not keep up. Um, I think it, it was purposeful for him to look like he was trying to keep up with Bray. Having said that, yes, I'm a Taker fan. I think Bray should have won the match storyline-wise. Um, I I love the build-up Bray was doing for this match, um, especially the fact that he was the only guy building up for this match, um, building up for uh, the new face of fear. Um, I loved everything about everything he said every night he came out. Um once I take a loss to Brock last year, last year I think you know 
all all the sacredness of him having that win streak was gone. He needs to just put guys over at this point or just go away. So that's my point. Now, um, yeah. just, just, just real question. I just have a question for both of you guys. Sure. And you knew maybe we were going to ask him this, Corey, but the question for both of you guys is now where do you go with Bray Wyatt? Where do you go with him after this loss? He can't re, you know, he can't continue to challenge Undertaker. He's not going to be back. So what do you do with this guy? Well, like I said earlier, I think you, I think you put him with Roman Reigns. If you're not going to have Reigns, you know, maybe fight with the authority. I think you put him uh, as a mid-level, have him face a mid-level face. Maybe a Dean Ambrose, maybe a Dolph Ziggler, maybe one of those. You know, I, I think you know. I think, I think you've, you've already had the Dean feud, so you don't go there. But I can see Dolph versus Bray in some good matches. Dolph will bump for him. Dolph will go and make him look like a million bucks. And you got to remember, he's or you can go right back to going with him and Daniel Bryan just now for a secondary title. One of the few guys who has always beaten Daniel Bryan is Bray Wyatt. And the easiest way to go get a guy to can you be a heel is you have him go against the you know the fans' choice. Um, I think that's the perfect way to go. Most likely, him and Daniel Bryan. For me, you know what? I don't know where you go with them, and I'll tell you why. I think your question is a very good question. I'll tell you why. I think Bray's character has been such that, you know what, he, he has really given in to everyone who you've asked him to give in to. He has lost to Cena. He has lost to every big main event person you've asked him to lose to. He has lost to every major storyline you've asked him to lose to. And at a certain point, he, I mean, he's had the, the WWE audience captivated more than anybody else without winning. How long can you expect this guy to, keep, to, to continue that? Without a major win behind him, you know what I mean. Like I mean, he's he's had so many major losses, but but because of the way he dictates his character, he still holds the fans captive. Storyline wise, how long can that really last? And I'll tell you what, his best claim to fame was gonna be this: "I'm the new face of fear." Now that he's lost that, where are you gonna go with him? I don't know. A uh, quick thing, and I don't want to disagree with you, but. Besides losing his matches at WrestleMania, he's won pretty much every feud he's been in. He won the Kane feud. He won the Jericho feud. He won the Daniel Bryan feud. Those are three, you know. But, but did he win the John Cena feud? He won the last match in the feud, which we all said he should have won at WrestleMania. Uh, me and Jay both said he should have won at WrestleMania last year. But the other key feud, he won the Dean, the Dean Ambrose feud. And, and, and this whole Undertaker buildup. Did Undertaker show up once? Who was the only guy to carry a promo in this whole feud? He was, I mean, Undertaker was non-existent, as he usually is. I mean, Bray Wyatt was the only guy that gave you a reason to pay attention to this match. He he, he single-handedly made a storyline where Undertaker didn't even cut a promo or did anything. Bray Wyatt was the only reason why you had any interest in this feud whatsoever because there was nothing else to pay attention to. And he lost it. I mean, he... I mean, he should have won. I agree. He should have won the match. But you know what? There are some great guys. I'm pretty sure the first couple of matches Shawn Michaels had at WrestleMania, he didn't win. He, I don't even know how, how long it took him to win his first match. I believe when he was at the Rockers, he lost, you know, the very first match he was in. Bret Hart didn't win every match he was in the beginning. You know, great guys, sometimes it takes a couple of years for them to reach that pinnacle where 
they're the guy That's that true. are being put over by other guys. So I wouldn't be, and you That's know what? True. I think the stuff that he did was, I'm hoping at least, was recognized by the office, the authority, you know, the guys who actually are in charge. And I think that as the year goes along, and maybe next year, he gets his, his win at WrestleMania. I mean, it may not happen, but before we move on, I just want to get both of your takes. After what we saw tonight, are you good with this being the last match at Undertaker? Or do you want to see him one more time in Dallas, Texas, his home, maybe get inducted that the night before? What's your what's your thoughts? Should we see should this have been the last time we see the Undertaker at WrestleMania? Or do you want to see more? I, I the way the way they booked it, it definitely won't be the last time. The way they were making it seem, the Undertaker's back. He's with us again. He's still got it. So I think no matter what we want to see, it won't be the last time we see him. I would not mind it being the last time we saw him, but I don't think that'll be the case. As a fan of the Undertaker, I'll tell you this much. He should not still be wrestling. Um, I think that this match... <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you what. Before we, before we even recorded this, I said I thought it was the weakest match of the night, including the Divas match. Um, and that doesn't mean that the WrestleMania was a bad card. I, I think this match was still a good match. And it was the weakest match of the card, and I think it was still a decent match. Having said that, um, if if Taker's still gonna still gonna wrestle, I want to know going into that mania, whatever's gonna be his last mania. I want to know booking wise that it's gonna be his last mania. I want them to tell me in some kind of way, shape, or form, this is it for the Undertaker, and I want to go into it knowing that. And if that means that I know he's gonna win, I don't care. Just Tell me it's his last go-around. Uh, before we got to the main event, we had a little promo piece for the WWE Network new shows. And the, the reason why I bring this up was a big thing, at least in my opinion. No, no Stone Cold Steve Austin at the show. He said he wasn't coming. And one of the things that was promoted was going to be the next installment of a podcast. And it's going to be Chris Jericho with his guest, the very controversial, said at least, John Cena. Do you think, and this is something we could bring up more in depth uh, later on this week when we do our other podcast, do you think that this is the beginning of maybe a, we're moving away from Stone Cold and we're going to use Jericho, Piper, these other podcasts instead? I, I hope not. Uh, Austin's the best podcast. Uh, and, and to me, it's not even close. Um, uh, supposedly... Um, and we do read the rumors pages. Supposedly there's some issue with Austin and WWE, and, um, you know, they're not happy with them. I mean, I don't, there's no real details on it, but that's kind of what people are hearing. Um, hopefully that's not the case, and he still gets to continue to do shows. He did an interview with Cena and Austin did a while ago, and it was phenomenal. I don't know if you guys got to hear it. He was talking to Cena about how he doesn't, he doesn't clamp on the STF good enough, and, talking about being the man in the building and being the main guy and, and what it means to be the number one guy. And it was phenomenal. I think it was one of the best interviews I've seen, I've had, I've heard Cena do. Um, and Jericho is really very friendly to the WWE product. You know, when he talked about Reigns, he talked about Reigns. No, he's ready. Listen, people say this one's not ready. I've worked with a guy, you know, he, he's a bit more pro WWE than, than Stone Cold's been. So, um, I guess we'll kind of see how that, that plays out. All right. Um, and like I said, none of those other shows that going on the network have me any interest. That's great. Jerry the Diva search, doesn't, doesn't do anything for you? <laughs> um, as far as that, last time I checked, 
this isn't uh, the Diva Search wasn't rated triple X, so I'm going to pass on that one at the moment. Uh, and, <laughs> and like I said, we had Jerry Springer and all this other crap, so not a big deal. Uh, I hope NBC uh, this uh, the Today Show knows that they're not going to be getting you know the champion went at seven thirty <laughs> in the morning, whatever. Unless you know Seth Rollins is going to do it. I, I, I wonder if uh, NBC thought that they were going to knew they weren't they were going to getting you know a different guy's champion, but. Uh, Maybe we'll DVR it. I ain't waking up that early. I'm off on vacation. Somebody will tell me how that segment goes. But get to the main event of the evening. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns going into this match. There was a ton of talk on how good or bad this match would be. If Roman Reigns was ready. Would would uh, Lesnar keep the title due to the fact he had resigned? I thought it was a really cool match. These two guys were going after each other. It reminded me of SummerSlam quite a bit. Uh, Brock they was a monster. stiff as fuck. They were so stiff. Do you think that was by design? Yep. Yep. And I'll tell you why. Because I called this from like eight days ago. I mean, I, and this is, you know what? This is the beautiful thing about being a wrestling fan who isn't sucked into reading things, whatever. Rumor pages. Rumor pages. <laughs> I, I thought this WrestleMania was so beautiful. I thought it was so well developed. I thought it was so well promoted. And I know that you guys didn't like the way it was promoted. I get that. I disagree with you guys. I thought it, the way they designed it, the way they wanted it to come out to be, I thought it was well promoted. Um, I don't think anybody within the company expected that, that Roman Reigns was going to win. No way. And as soon as Brock signed, it solidified it for me. I thought he was going to win the match, and I thought Seth was going to cash in. I mean, what else did you expect to happen? I didn't see it any other way. I thought it was perfect. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they beat they beat the piss out of each other. I mean, I don't know what was happening. They were bleeding all over the place. It was a freaking mess. They were, I mean, they showed Reigns, me and Lesnar in the, in the jaw. Then Rain, then Lesnar comes out and clotheslines and basically knocks him out. I mean, it was just a very, very stiff, vicious match. Told a great story. You saw Reigns laughing during part of it when he was getting his ass kicked, maybe because it was stiff. I thought the match was really, really fun and really good. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it was a real technical match. And I don't know if you could have a match like that very often because it was so stiff. But I thought they did a great job. Um, when Rollins came out, I was just going nuts. I was going nuts. But, yeah, they both did a great job. I think Reigns doesn't look bad. I think Brock doesn't look bad. And I think Rollins looks great. So I think it did a, it, they really booked it um, tremendously to make everybody still kind of keep their spot to a certain extent. How, how about this, Jay? How about the fact that, that, that Brock really sold all of the injuries he sustained during the match? I mean, the way he sold it. I mean... I know guys know that he signed, and I know you expect him to be committed. But the way his character was developed, I didn't expect him to really fully commit to, you know, maybe jigging himself, you know, like cutting himself during the match. And he, that spot where he went up against the steel post, and, and oh, my God, he's busted open. I mean, like Brock sold himself as this monster that can't be destroyed. And then all of a sudden during the match, 
I mean, he allowed himself to be, like, beat up the way he did. I mean, he made it a fun... I think Brock, more than anybody, made it a fun match where you didn't expect that to be the case. Like, props needs to go to Brock. You know, like, think back to the match where he had with Goldberg where the both of them got booed out of the building because everybody knew that both of them were going to jump ship and not have anything to do with the company anymore. You, you know what? Brock, like, props, I, in my opinion, need to go to Brock because I think he made this WrestleMania main event entertaining because I don't think I, I mean I didn't expect him to make it as entertaining as it was for me I mean he went all out he sold out he made this an awesome WrestleMania for me at least just one thing real quick it was funny you know when Brock re-signed we saw those interviews that he did with ESPN and the one thing you talk about that stood out to me that I really thought about and we've heard this a million times about Brock and he doesn't really like you know the road and whatever and but he said, I don't like the road, but I really, really love wrestling. Like, I love being in the ring, and I love doing that. I just didn't love the road, and I couldn't handle that. And we're seeing we're seeing what's happening with him. His match uh, with Cena, his the triple threat match, the match tonight. He is wrestling some fantastic matches. And, yes, it's a part-time schedule and all that, but he's selling for guys. He's getting his ass kicked some certain times in these matches. And they've just been really, really phenomenal and fun to watch. And I think that's why people are really, like, falling for him as far as the babyface even more. Because he is, other than Rollins, he's the most fun guy to watch in the company. I, I think they're 1A and 1B. And there's, you know, and then maybe Daniel Bryan. You can throw Daniel Bryan in there as well. But with his neck injuries, you know, kind of who knows. But those guys are probably the most fun guys to watch at this point. And, you know, it, it was just a great match really was. But I, I think that's kind of my point. I mean, I know Brock, a guy like Brock needs the mouthpiece like Paul Heyman, but I mean, he, he really fills that role just so well, you know? Like, he just... I know he needs the mouthpiece. I know he needs Paul Heyman, but you know what? He, I mean, when it's time for him to sell, they built him up like such a monster. Like, he can't be... Like, he's just unbeatable. And, and he fills that role so well, but when they do need him to be beatable... He fills that role too, you know. I, I just think he's kind of underappreciated, you know. I think he's pretty awesome. Uh, before I forget to say it, the, the match went 60 minutes, 50 seconds, so wasn't the longest match on the card. wasn't wasn't the shortest by any stretch. Um, do you think this match went the right length of time? Do you think they should have cut a couple of minutes from some of the other segments to give it a little bit longer? Do you think it was right amount of time? What was your take on? world title match being, you know, not the longest match maybe on the show? I thought it was perfect time. I thought it was paced well. I think with how physical those guys were in the ring, I don't know that they could have gone some 25, 30-minute match. I mean, they beat the hell out of each other, so I don't know if that they could have done that. Um, and I thought them, I, so no, I thought the timing of the match was, was perfect. When we, when we look at this as an overall card, I know you got your initial you know, an hour and 10 minutes ago when we started this, after getting a chance to think about this, look through the card, what, what, what letter grade or number grade would you give this, would you give this show, Jay? I mean, I'd give it an A and an 8 or 9 out of 10. Let's, let, let's just say a 9 out of 10 because that would be an A, so. 100% agree. I would say a 9 out of 10. And then my comment going forward would be, I'm excited to see, since Brock did sign a new contract with WWE, I'm excited to see what storyline could we see. Like, 
I don't want to see him be a total baby face, but now you can take Brock and turn him against the authority and, and, and what awesomeness could come out of that. I'm, I'm very yeah, I can't wait to see Big Show and Kane. Uh, Brock Lesnar against Kane. What a match that'll be. <laughs> well, while I don't share your enthusiasm for that matchup, <laughs> I... Uh, Hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> but seriously... You could take Brock all of a sudden, and now all of a sudden make him this this not babyface, but but kind of babyface against the authority, and and all of a sudden it's like yeah. out of nowhere where you know who fans didn't want to cheer for Cena, they didn't want to cheer for Roman Reigns, they're probably gonna end up cheering for Brock. Out of nowhere, you have this mega babyface. I mean, kind of cool. Yeah, I'm gonna do one. I'm gonna do one fantasy booking thing. Okay. Have Sheamus come back tomorrow. Uh, have Sheamus join the authority. Have Sheamus be a heel with the authority. And then have maybe a little, we'll see what happens with Brock Lesnar and Rollins. Maybe throw Sheamus in there, a mini Sheamus-Brock Lesnar feud. As soon as you said the word Sheamus, I, I drifted off into drinking and listening to music and not paying attention to the wrestling at all. Um, I know, but Sheamus is really good in the ring, and their styles together could be really awesome. Uh, All right, before we call this a day, uh, (laughs) and before, you know, uh, we force John to look at a rumor page against his will. Not going to do it. If we, where do we go for Extreme Rules? Extreme Rules will be in Chicago. One of our loyal listeners, I believe Alex... Might be screwing it up because it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and I do apologize later on. But do we get a triple threat match, re, uh, rematch for the title? This is, of course, don't know for sure if Brock's going to be there or not. Do we go uh, Brock versus Seth one-on-one? Brock, Reigns, Seth. Do we go Seth versus Randy Orton because it's the last guy to beat Seth? Where do you think we go in Extreme Rules for the title? Mm-hmm. I, that's a great Rollins and Lesnar, I would guess. One on one, or do we have a? Uh, what do we do there? Here's a beautiful. Have thing. another triple. Have, like have a have a triple threat match. Hey, <laughs> in my opinion, here's a beautiful. Go thing. ahead, John. Here's the beautiful thing. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Can you imagine? It, it even it doesn't matter what the dynamic is. That's what's the beautiful thing about the storyline. If you have a by default face Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece, it it almost is as if the WWE has exactly what it needs, which is what is needed for the longest time, but hasn't been able to provide for itself a face. Who with with the momentum of Brock Lesnar with the mouthpiece of a Paul Heyman, which is what they wanted John Cena to be, but but the fans have rejected. You don't think the fans would love to embrace a guy like Brock as their face with Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece? I mean, I could I I, I don't know if that's where they're going because I don't read anything anymore. Thank God. But if that's where they're going via WrestleMania, oh my God! I mean, sometimes excuse me, I would love that. I know, John, you're saying the thing with Cena. Listen, you got to have a baby face for the kids. And you got to have a baby face for the for the men. And I think that's what they have now with Brock or what they could have. Baby face for the men and a baby face for the kids with Cena. And you ask what Cena's role is, that's what his role is, to sell merchandise to the kids. So I think that's where he'll be. 
But yes, they can definitely have Brock with Heyman there be the baby face for the adult males. That, that's what I'm saying. Off of WrestleMania, if you were booking a company and you know the momentum you have with Brock and you know the mouthpiece you have in Heyman, wouldn't you at SummerSlam make... I don't care how you book it. Brock is not your fucking main event at at SummerSlam with, with Heyman as his mouthpiece? Coming I, think you have, I think you have Rollins... And Lesnar, in some way or another, headline every major pay per view for the next till next year. I think that's I think that's the feud of that they have to go with. I mean, I, and you I, can have different you, you, you can have different versions of it with Lesnar going against different guys in the Authority or, or however they do it. But I think that's the feud that they need to go with. And by the so, way, like, again, since I don't read the pages, we've never long, noticed that. How long? <laughs> how long is uh, Brock's contract? Uh, I believe it's three years. Three, three years. years with the WWE. With that and with Heyman as his mouthpiece. I mean, oh my God. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Oh, and before I forget, it's uh, one of our loyal listeners who said he was going to Extreme Rules is Andrew. At Andrew QND on Twitter if you want to follow him. Uh, so we have Monday Night Raw tomorrow. We've got new champions all over the place. Love it. Are you expecting any surprises? Usually every year, the night after WrestleMania, we have some sort of surprise. Is there anybody that you expect maybe coming in? Do you think we might get, you know, an announcement a year in the making again for a match for next year? Anything you think that's going to happen tomorrow on Raw that's going to start everything going again? Jay? Fella! Uh, Will Sheamus come back? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what they could do. Any NXT um, guys you think you might know, come in tomorrow? I, you, you, well, there's well, a lot of times they reboot. They reboot things after Raw, uh, or they reboot things after WrestleMania. But honestly, they've rebooted them already. I mean, they there's three new champions. There's all these new storylines. They've really kind of rebooted the whole thing. So we'll see the return of Sheamus. Maybe we'll see the debut of one of the NXTs. Um, you know, start us with new storylines. You know, I expect the authority to be out there and putting themselves all where I expect Heyman to be out there with Brock and being mad and all that. And, you know, so I, I think Raw could be really, really a lot of fun uh, uh, tomorrow. Jay may be the darkest dude I know that's excited to see Sheamus come back. <laughs> uh, I, oh, no, I'm being, I'm being totally sarcastic. I could give a shit about Sheamus. I, I, I think that. I think Sheamus is really good in the ring, but I think his character has really grown stale and boring. But I think if they turn him heel, he could be a relevant character. Uh, I think you've done the best sell job I've ever seen, including WWE talent, as far as that's concerned. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, the uh, Brock and uh, Heyman uh, retaliation as, as far as what's happened. I think we might see some uh, stale uh, The Rock versus Triple H for next year. At WrestleMania, I think that's what they were building towards. Uh, you know, having their last stand, both of those guys, out of WrestleMania, which is uh, probably boring as far as uh, all of us are concerned. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they can make it entertaining. I thought Triple H made it as 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 entertaining as possible tonight with uh, Schwarzenegger and the Terminator thing. And uh, I mean, it was corny, but it was. I guess kind of cool at the same time. Um, 
that's probably we're gonna see tomorrow. Unfortunately, I think it's gonna be a stale Raw tomorrow. Um, hmm, different. Yeah, I, I think you're better off watching. Uh, if you DVR'd Walking Dead tonight, I think you probably <laughs> should probably watch that during Raw tomorrow. I think it's gonna gonna be a stale Raw tomorrow. But uh, yeah, really, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think yeah. Raw's gonna be really. I think the Raw's gonna be really good, a really interesting show. No, I, I think I think WrestleMania was so good tonight. I think I think there wasn't a bad spot in Raw tonight in uh, WrestleMania tonight. I think you you probably not good tuning into Raw tonight live tomorrow night live. So well, do the fact well, well, let, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Do the fact that uh, Undertaker actually walked out on his own volition this time around, and Sting had the handshake. Do we see either one of them tomorrow? No. Uh, I could see Sting tomorrow. I don't know what they do with Undertaker anymore. Anymore, I, I, I like I said, I don't think they know what to do with Taker anymore. I, I, I don't want to see Taker. I'm a Taker fan. I never want to see Taker again. And I know I'm going to, and I have to suffer that whatever they whatever they mess it up as. I hope I don't have to see it. Um, I think you'll see Sting. I don't think you still take it tomorrow. All right, uh, Jason, John, it was great having you both on today, staying up until past 1 o'clock in the morning on a, on a Sunday into Monday. Uh, just want to let everybody know that the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast is sponsored by Punch.co. That's P-U-N-C dot co. Uh, great T-shirts, sweatshirts at checkout. Use the promotional code SHOOT in capital letters. For 15% off your total purchase, and they do have worldwide shipping. And remember, the way the weather is on the East Coast, <laughs> you may want to buy T-shirts and sweatshirts because you never know if it's going to snow or be sunny for the next day. But, uh, Jay, would you like to let people know uh, how they can go and follow us and contact and all that wonderful stuff? Sure. Um, we're at Work Shoot Pod on Twitter. Corey's also on Twitter at Paladin808. Um you can go to our website, www.workshoot.podomatic.com. That's workshoot.podomatic.com. Look us up on iTunes at the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. And if you can, please leave a review. The reviews really help us, kind of give us exposure, things like that. Um, we have a Facebook as well, the Work Shoot Podcast. So look us up on Facebook. And, yeah, um, keep. I mean, this is our third podcast in a week. So as long as wrestling's good, we're going to keep trying these bad boys out. So stay tuned for what else we've got to come. Perfect. And once again, I want to thank Jonathan Olivo for joining us at this late hour. Uh, even though he hasn't done a post since uh, January of this third this year, you can check him out if he decides to ever put anything back up again at J-V-I-L-E, J-Ville, Johnny, J-O-H-N, NY23. Just so you know, uh, I might put some uh, uh, pediatric cancer information up. So, you know, it's, a, it's always a good cause, uh, not just for my daughter, but uh, for any uh, pediatric uh, cancer patients that are out there. Um, please be on the lookout for anything I put up on that and anything you can donate and help out. As far as that cause is concerned, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you. And, like, you know, just want to say we kill the WWE for a lot of the terrible things they do, but they are doing a great job with the Connor uh, Cure, yeah. which we saw if you watch the Hall of Fame, like we'll talk about 
more uh, later on in the week when we come I, back for another I, show. I just want to say I, I think that's beyond awesome of WWE to uh, acknowledge that as a as a segment of the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think it was awesome of Ward to suggest that uh, those type of people are, are considered for the Hall of Fame class. Uh, please support that in any way you can, whether it be financially or just uh, promoting the cause uh, whatsoever through social media. Thank you. Perfect. And for Corey Richmond, thank you, Jason. Thank you, John. Jay, we usually end the show in one particular way. Jay, the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Rage.